Hey, Property Insiders, I'm Mike Stenhouse, and this is the Inside Property Investing Podcast. You are in the right place if you are an aspiring or existing investor looking to build a portfolio and a property business that works for you. And from this podcast, you're going to learn from all of my insights and advice from over a decade in the industry, as well as the lessons learned from hundreds of other successful investors. So you can listen to what worked for them and avoid what didn't. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and whatever you're up to today, I hope you have a fantastic day. Thanks for listening. Hey, my friend, thank you so much for stopping by today. I always appreciate you showing up listening to the podcast. You may have noticed that today's episode is a little shorter than usual. Sometimes that's a good thing. Sometimes it might not be. But when you get to the end of this, I would love to know if you've enjoyed this short, snappy insight into just one part of our business rather than, you know, the typical 30, 40 minute episodes. I think content creation is getting so prolific these days. There's so much to consume. And, you know, sometimes it's nice just to be able to get in and get out. I know I enjoy shorter form content and if it appeals to you as well, then I'd love to hear from you. Equally, if you're still enjoying the interviews, get in touch, send me an email, drop down into my DMs on Instagram and let me know what works for you because ultimately I'm here creating this content for your benefit. So I really want to know what is working for you. Today, I'm going to be talking about just one little aspect of our property business our first experience with private finance, how that worked out for us, how, as it says in the title, I made, uh, at the time, incredibly stupid mistake, but that mistake turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened for our business. So if you're thinking about introducing private finance as a way to scale your portfolio, you're interested in the mechanics of how it can work or some of the reasons why it might be beneficial to you, then I really hope you enjoy today's episode. So sit back, relax, enjoy, and I'll speak to you soon. ever been in a position as a property investor where you're running out of your own money and thinking that you might need to find a different career path? This idea of building a portfolio, it sounded like a great idea for your first couple of deals, but as your cash got left behind with deposits and all that stuff, your plans were quickly at risk of actually grinding to a halt. Well, that was the exact situation that I found myself in just a few years ago. Well, I say a few years ago, back in 2015 to be precise. We had a few projects under our belt already, but I couldn't really see a way forward beyond our next deal as it was going to give us a very good income, but tie up most of the cash that we had left. I honestly thought we'd have to call it a day until a stupid decision on my part actually saved the day and paved the way for virtually all of our future portfolio growth from that point on. Do you want to know what that stupid decision was? I offered to pay an investor 20% interest on a loan, which for the record is at least double what you'd expect to pay a private investor in the property world. So this is the story of how that dumb decision actually led to growth that we otherwise couldn't have dreamed of, that I never thought would be possible. In case this is your first time here, I bought my first investment property when I was 18, and I kept investing ever since, albeit at a pretty slow pace in those early days. I did a couple of flips and owned a couple of smaller rentals alongside my day job until around about 2014 when I quit full-time employment to focus on property full-time. We bought three properties in quick succession, but then we got stuck. Money was tied up in projects, 
but we wanted to keep growing the portfolio so that we could build our income as quickly as possible. And looking down the line, I could see we wouldn't get all of our cash back when we refinanced these deals. So all of a sudden there was a cap on how much we could actually grow the portfolio with that limited pot of cash that we had to start with. And by the way, the punchline to this whole episode is that since that dumb decision to borrow money at 20%, we've gone on to raise well over £5 million in finance from private investors to keep building our portfolio at the pace that we wanted to. So whatever you want to call it, finance, investment, capital, loans, confidence is the biggest hurdle that I see other developers face when thinking about using other people's money to keep growing their own portfolio. And I was no different. I had a little bit of experience, but I had no track record of successfully using other people's money. And I definitely didn't know a long list of people with tons of cash in the bank. So I spoke to a mentor that we were working with at the time about the problem we were about to face, i.e. running out of money. And they were where the idea of working with investors initially came from. But I was so confident that nobody would invest in us, that there was no money out there, that I took their advice. But instead of making an offer at a reasonable rate of 8 to 10%, I offered 20% to prove to this mentor that even at an absurdly good interest rate, nobody would be interested. Now, it would be a pretty short story if I was right and nobody was interested, but I made this offer to about 10 people and three of them came back almost immediately to say that they were interested. I was so excited that anyone had actually said yes, that I just mentally blocked out the fact that I'd promised to pay them 20%. I worked through all the details and then within a couple of weeks, I actually had my first investor on board. I was literally staring in disbelief as that £40,000 dropped into my bank account. But aside from the personal doubts about why would anyone invest in me, I also couldn't understand why anyone would have that sort of money sitting around that wasn't already being used for something else. It turns out that this particular investor had just sold their business. But over the years, we've had investment and I've had my eyes opened to tons of different sources of finance or reasons why people might have some money. Pensions are a big one. Personal savings that are earning next to no interest redundancy payments, inheritances, other investments, business sales, home equity. It turns out there are a lot of people out there with enough money to make a meaningful contribution to your next deal who aren't satisfied with whatever return it's currently earning and are looking for better options. Some of those folks might have 10 or 20,000 pounds. Others will have hundreds of thousands and even millions. And how much do you really need to buy another deal anyway? probably a lot less than even a handful of investors would be able to contribute. And that really opened my eyes as well. Once that first investor was on board and I had the confidence to look for additional investment, it meant that our business could grow at the pace that I wanted it to grow at without needing to worry about our own cash. Now, you might be thinking, well, confidence is great, but not if the initial interest rate cripples you and your business in the meantime. And even at that absurdly high interest rate, it actually still made a lot of sense to me to do that deal. We borrowed £40,000 at 20% interest, which cost us £8,000 over the duration of that 12-month loan. The loan, it allowed us to finish the renovations on a six-bedroom HMO, which nets us a monthly pre-tax profit of £1,000. So even at that interest rate of 20%, 
it enabled us to do another project that we couldn't have done otherwise. The cost to us was £8,000 and the profit over the eight years that we owned that house was around £96,000. That's a 1,200% return on investment. The opportunity cost of not borrowing that money at 20% would have been lost income of £88,000. I don't know about you, but if I could pay £8,000 once and get an ongoing annual return of £12,000, I would never not do that deal. The other major benefit of doing this deal that I didn't even consider at the time was the ongoing relationship that we'd develop with the investor. We did that first deal, everyone was happy, and then the question from the investor was, well, what do we do next? He had more money to invest, and we hadn't annoyed him too much during the first 12 months. Of course, we became an obvious choice for him to consider reinvesting with. That first investment went on to several more loans in our projects over the years, but it also was the starting point for the creation of a new business with him. We formed a joint venture, and we've bought three HMOs together over the years that we split the profits on. That's income from three more houses that we couldn't have afforded on our own, and he didn't have the time or the expertise to source and renovate on his own. So despite that first loan being an absurdly high interest rate, it was in fact one of the best mistakes I've ever made in my career as a property investor. It showed me that there was in fact an abundance of money out there looking for a solution to low returns. It showed me that even at high interest rates, the opportunity cost of not doing a deal is often far greater than any short-term cost of doing the deal. And it showed me that once you've found investors, they'll often want to keep working with you and become long-term partners in your business growth. We've raised over £5 million in investor finance when I last added it up. We've added dozens of units to our portfolio and thousands in monthly income that we couldn't have done without these investors. And we've given them a great return along the way as well. So my parting advice to you isn't that you should offer investors 20% interest, but that private finance isn't just a great route to grow your portfolio, but is often the only way to keep growing at the pace that you want. And it doesn't need to be something that you're scared of getting started with. So I hope that little story has been useful for you. Whilst you're here, remember to subscribe wherever you're watching or listening to this. Like it, share it, leave a comment or a review. Let me know what you're enjoying and what you'd like to see more of. And I'll see you next time on the Inside Property Investing Podcast. (laughs) 